Hey guys, KT here. This is part two of JT chatting with jiu-jitsu legend Dan Strauss. We hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. How do you go from yeah. breaking your back and having bulged this and all this to this legendary? Yeah. Because yeah. there's only very few people in the world who have actually lifted them, right? Yeah, it's I like, think we're on like 200 now, yeah. It but, used but, to be less than Yeah, that. it was. I was 150. I think I was under 150, maybe 120. But still, uh, but it's like really exploded recently. Lots of people travel over. But Popu- popular. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What's that look like? I mean, it's a journey. It really is a journey. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, in hindsight, do I wish that I never had any back problems? Yeah. Um, but then at the same time I go, it's taught me a lot. So I'm signed, the, the silver lining is that I'm grateful in that it, you know, I've learned so much from going through sort of the issues that I've had with my back. For the first year, it affected my jiu-jitsu quite a bit, but then as it settled in, it stopped affecting it so much. Um, it affected my ability to walk. Not that I couldn't walk, but if I walked for more than like five, 10 minutes, my back would get pretty bad. And if I stood up for more than five, 10 minutes, my back would get pretty bad. Mate, that's, that's life, right? Like, <laughs> it's not great. So I basically, I would, I would not walk anywhere if I could avoid it. Um, and I would pers- purposely avoid things if it involved walking. Jesus. And, uh, when you look at it now, you're like, "That's fucked up." But back back then, I didn't think much of it. <laughs> I know I don't. I didn't particularly enjoy walking at the time anyway. Now I love walking. I'll go for long <laughs> walks and like at, like yeah. not out of uh, necessity, but out of just uh, pleasure for fun. Yeah, I went for a walk the other day, and my friend, she was just like, um, "That's so funny." Like a while, like a few years ago, you would have avoided walking at all costs, and mm. now you just go for a walk for fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that is really crazy, actually. So yeah, walking was bad, standing was bad, rolling was okay unless I had a flare up. If I had a flare up, it would be a couple of weeks of trying to help it recover, hot pads and baths and massage, and then it would settle down. I could get back, and I had that for a while. Um, and then you just kind of you learn what you can and can't do. So I could squat. I was I worked up to squatting like two hundred kilos. I was doing uh, my bench was good, no back stuff. I could do pull ups. Um, no bent over rowing or anything like that. No hinging at the hip. No, no Hin- deadlift. Hinging was a, no deadlift. No, even trap bar I'd avoid. Um, and I mean, the t- it was quite funny because there was a, I could squat 200 kilos, but if you dropped like uh, 10 coins on the ground and asked me to pick them up individually, I'd be fucked. Dang. Yeah. That's significant, so was, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no wrestling. Oh. Like couldn't do any stand-up grappling. It all had to be on the ground. Um, so when I was competing over that time, if I ended up getting into a stand-up battle, my bat would be wrecked afterwards. Yeah, it would just seize up really, really quickly. So what what kind of time period is this that you are you are stuck working with these limitations? Uh, 22, 23, 24. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. For years. So, uh, but but. The more you learn about the body, the more you adapt. I mean, it was it was getting better, but it would still. I did, I've had flare ups. The yes. flare ups would be an issue, and um, and and actually, when the walking thing was fixed, was when was twenty four, just before the AJ match as well. Um, I bought the dog, ah, and I had to walk the dog, 
Right. And it was exposure therapy. The more I walk the dog, the less my back hurt. So it was one of those things. Like I avoided this thing because it hurt until I was forced to do this thing until it didn't hurt. Right. So that so then I could walk. But then I'd still have some issues with some other stuff. And then when we talk about stone lifting, I heard about stone lifting, natural stone lifting and dinny stones. And I thought, this is really cool, but I don't really give a shit because I'll never be able to do it ever in my life. Like this is not something that I will ever be. I remember the first time because... David Horn, who's like the man in the UK when it comes to the grip, <coughs> like half the stuff in here is David Horn stuff. And I basically, if he makes something, I buy it straight away. Mm. So I saw he had like a hoodie with stone lifting on it. I'm like, stone lifting? What's that? Oh, it's lifting stones? Oh, well, fuck it. I'll never, ever be able to do that because I can't lift things off the ground, uh, which is really funny now looking back. So then a few, year, a few years later, maybe four years ago, five years ago, he made some dinny trainers. He made some dinny ring trainers. I've seen those actually. Yeah, I've got them over there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So I've got some other ones here, which are, which are really nice. Um, but the dinny stone, dinny stone trainers, uh, and I was thinking, well, I do buy everything that David Hall makes. Fuck it, I bought it. Even though I'd never think I'd be able to do it. Nice. And what I started doing is I used straps to make the handles a little bit longer. So I was doing like a like a real partial. The yeah. dinnies are already a partial, but I was doing an even higher partial. Yeah, and it didn't hurt because nice. there's no hinge because nice. you're straddling over these so things. It's more of a leg drive type. It's a leg sumo drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like really sumo. You're straddling over it, like no hinge in the hip. So just for people out there who have yeah. no idea, could you the, what the dinny describe stones the dinny stones? The dinny people? stones are two large granite blocks one weighs 144 kilos and the larger one weighs 188 kilos for 333 kilos combined and they have ring handles on them like welded rings uh one's very Mate, spherical it is like, and one's like a bit it is like shaped yeah primal it's like king arthur sword in the yeah, stone yeah, yeah. yeah it is kind of like that yeah. and and being the aficionado that you are yeah mr stones and strangles how old are the dinny stones? Like, what's the, the din- yeah? So the history of the dinny stones is that they are a couple hundred years old, probably or 150 years old, probably, and they were used um, as counterweights. There's a few different theories. I mean, these things kind of get tri- so they have. They're not natural stones. They're natural stones that have this metal uh, hooks, um, you know, rings welded onto them. So they were either used as an anchor for a horse. And apparently they were used in the building of a bridge as counterweights to help um, in the construction. And when they were being used as this, I think they were lifted around that time by Donald Dinney. Uh, or it might have been afterwards. Cause I think Donald Dinney's dad was building the bridge. Anyway, these stones were lifted by Donald Dinney. He was like a legendary Scottish strength athlete and the Dinney Stones were born. Classic, classic man challenge. Hey, son, you picked those up. So what it said he actually (laughs) did was that he lifted them and carried them the width of the bridge there, the post bridge. What? Carried them? So um, nobody has farmers walked them. So so people have carried them. so, So the bridge that they were supposedly used in the making of uh he then obviously later on carried them over um probably not farm almost certainly not farm and walk but lift and kind of rocked them put them down taking a step forward Uh. so there's a few people who have carried them the length which is not carrying them it's pick up drop pick up drop which is still really really hard um because we've had some people attempt to do farmers walk over the bridge 
actually at the bridge. So um, did you watch the Strongman, uh, the, the documentary called The Strongest of All Time or Strongest in History? Unfortunately not. Bro, you got to watch that. It's so good. It's uh, Brian Shaw, Eddie Hall, Robert Oberst and uh, I, I'd heard about it. They go around, they do all they these go around, challenges. They do all these fucking, yeah? And they went to... They, went to, um, they did the Dinny Stones. They did the Dinny Stones. Right. And I think Nick... Oh God, I can't remember. Sorry, Nick. I can't, can't remember his surname. I think he might. Or one of those guys hold the record. Maybe it's Lawrence Charley or someone. But one of these like... Uh, proper world's strongest man competitors holds the record for the longest Dinny Stone carry, farmer's wow. walk carry. Wow. Um, it might have been Brian Shaw or Lawrence Shaw. I have a feeling it's Lawrence, but it's not long and it's about, it's less than, maybe it's half the length of the bridge. Wow. So anyone who can actually, like, no one's done it yet. The first person to carry them the length of the bridge will be something truly legendary. Mate, that's got to be if it's like possible. A, it's got to be like a Thor or it's got to be someone who is a huge human. Yeah, it's like a Savikas or yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think Thor could do it. Well, no, not now. Yeah, it would have to be someone Mart- bigger and Mart- stronger. Maybe Martins. Like Martins is famous for huge grip. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's big enough. He did four hundred. He did four forty at at uh, European. Yeah, but Eddie Hall did five hundred. He didn't carry him over. No, 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 no. Um, uh, or four hundred ca- on the. Uh, he did like four hundred or four forty up a ramp. Okay. Sorry, just to put this in context, we're, we're starting to. Yeah, talking about, yeah, we're not even on BJJ anymore. <laughs> we're just going into world of strength. But essentially, there's a guy called Martins. Lissus, yeah. Uh, Slickus, and he uh, has been the world's strongest man. Yeah. I think he got silver or bronze at the last one. Yeah. He, he's he's up there. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah. The he, dragon. Oh, yeah, like yeah. He's, one he's of definitely one of the strongest men in the world. Oh, 100%. But the thing they but talk about with Martins is that he's he got has good grip. Crazy grip. But Brian's got crazy grip. But Brian is. A giant human. Exactly. He's literally a giant. And he still couldn't get close. That's what I'm saying. Is like, I don't know if that's a possible human feat. Like, <laughs> like it is literally that hard to carry it over. Wow. Anyway, we're getting off track. Sorry, there. continue. But like the the so anyway, the did he So something as humanly possible, uh, Dan has actually lifted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not carried them anywhere though. Uh but yeah, I bought these these rings off of David and I started training with them and uh, my back was fine. I was like, this is weird. Mm. Um and I'd get heavier and heavier and heavier. And I worked up to doing like dinny weight, like 320, wow. 330 kilos from a, like a higher position. Mm. But I could do it. And I was like, this is, and like, not only does my back not hurt, it's not hurting when I walk as much. It's not hurting when I roll as much. Like my actual day-to-day pain has gone. I'm not having very many flare-ups. Wow. So this thing that I was convinced, and it's like a really interesting lesson. It's not to say that everything that you th- intuitively think will make things worse will actually make them better, but be more open-minded to that. Yeah. Because it's possible. Yeah. Um, training with the Dinny Stones, which anyone would have told you, this is how you fuck your back up. And this is the irony. When people see me lifting stones and doing dinnies and stuff like that, they go, you know, you're going to fuck your back. I go, no, I fuck my back up doing jiu-jitsu and um or, or doing bent over rows or whatever and this is fixing my back yeah wow you know that's a revelation to it was people, cr- isn't it? it was crazy and almost like to the point now where my back does not bother me like i do not limit myself at all wow and this was a I, there was six years ago i didn't think that this day would ever come Wow. It was not something that I was trying to get to because I just thought it would be impossible. I thought that I'd have to have that conscious, like even just talking about it now, I realize how far I've come. Wow. Like like literally talking about it today yeah. is making me like actually look back on it and go, fuck, like I don't even think about it. Like I'll travel, like I'll sit in a car and sure, like I'll get out of the car, my back will be stiff, but like anyone else's would be. Sure. And like I'll get somewhere and I'll go, man, I, this is beautiful around here. I'm going to go for a walk. I don't think twice. 
Yes. Like if I wanted to do a bent over row, I'd do a bent over row now. No. If I wanted to do it, like I wouldn't want to go super heavy on a straight bar deadlift, but I'd be happy to do a trap bar and I'd be happy to lift a 140 kilo sandbag. Like I don't even think of these things. See, this is the thing. It's so interesting to me because for the most part, maybe more general population, but people out there suffer an injury. Yeah. And then like, well, that's me done. Yeah. Like that is permanently my bad leg. Well, that's my, you know, people very much get indoctrinated into this idea of, oh, I'm a dodgy whatever. Yeah. But I would say, because I've done my whole, a whole host of injuries, not yeah. surgery level, but my injured side typically ends up being stronger because, because of the amount of time and yeah, rehab, yeah. just the attention you bring to it. That's it. And it's funny that, that you that the side that wasn't injured uh, is less capable. Yeah, I think the 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 yeah, and that's the next thing. Like after I did the Denny's, and then you know I, I so hang on, we skipped this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just real quick, and I don't want to belabor it. That is a a true feat of strength, and I I, I admire that, and I, I I would like to aspire to it. Oh, you'll maybe, get it. No, ma- no maybe yeah. I could be number three hundred fifty. Yeah, you better <laughs> hurry up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've gone through this process of getting yeah. stronger. I love stones and strangles. Yeah, right? it's yeah. great. Thank you. So any of you out there. Get on YouTube, Stones, Stones and Strangles. It's yeah. mad. It's so good. I'd like to do something similar, but, you know, uh, maybe we could do it in the US. Strongman and uh, BJJ. Yeah. What was the prep for that? Was it just simply using yeah. the, the stone train, your, your dinny trainers? 100%, yeah, mainly. So th- these these main ones here from uh, the company seems to have closed down now, but called Killer Strength Scotland. They're like really, really accurate replicas. So the David Horn ones, they don't... Um, the ring doesn't move freely, which it does on um, one of the Dini, actual Dinny stones. So I use these tr- these ones here. They're very, very accurate replicas. If you want to do the Dinny stones, you have to own a pair of accurate as possible Dinny trainers. Mm-hmm. Not a welded ring. So I've got like a separate welded ring that you can connect to things for like throwing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not good enough. It, it needs to be the same diameter as the, like you've got to be training with the right thing. It's like if you were training to do an axle deadlift on a thick bar, you can't use a thin bar to do that. You've got to train with the implement or close. You can't go and train with a Denise. So yeah. you've got to create a replica. So that's the biggest part. And um, I was just kind of working up to very heavy on that. And then, you know, every every week, uh, once a week, I would do heavy Denny lifts. And then as I got a little bit closer, I would do heavy on one day and then lighter with holds on the other day to keep that volume nice and high. It is a grip strength. Like, the lift itself is not soup like it's heavy it's 333 kilos it's not light but it's not that bad it's a real small partial movement it's all leg drive it is a grip challenge yes you know if you if 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 you put straps on it makes it very very easy it's not it's very, very it makes it a lot easier so you know getting your hands used to the uh, rings uh i shot myself in the foot a little bit with my dinny training because I elected to use an, a no hook grip. So the, th- so the you thi- didn't go here, you went. So no, I, so I used, yeah. So I just had my hands like you would grab something naturally. So hook grip being that you would wrap your thumb. thumb around and then, and, and it's like a built in lifting strap. Yeah. So it, some people would do it on a barbell to lift a heavier with a strapless on a barbell. But because the di- the dinny rings are much thinner than a barbell, it's easier to do. Uh. I mean, there's still a lot of pressure going through the thumb. But um, for any of you out there who are not well versed, that's how Olympic lifters hold the bar. Yeah. Because it enables them to hold like epic much weight, much more weight, yeah, with no straps or anything like yeah. that. 
but it is savage. Yeah, you you got you got to work up and you got to build your thumbs up as you're doing it. So um, I did not do that. <laughs> so it meant that 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 it was a lot harder on my grip to do yep. without a thumbless grip. But I'm but at the same time I'm very proud that I did that. Oh. If I was going to oh, man uh, challenge accepted. Yeah, I exactly. have stronger grip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it the hardest way possible. Uh, if I train to do it again, I'd probably train with a hook grip because it gives you such an advantage. Mm. Uh, but yeah, lots of training with that. Some, some trap bar deadlift work from partials is also helps. But that's basically it. You get good at doing it. Mad. You know when you've got those replicas. And um, you've 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 added a few famous stones to your yeah, list. So, yeah. So so basically, what happened was as my back got better, training with the dinnies. I bought a sandbag because now I could actually pick some stuff off the ground without it hurting. Oh, talk to talk to talk I to know. me. I know. So I bought Sandbags, myself baby. a single sandbag and I started training with the sandbag a little bit and I was enjoying it more and I got more and more. Uh, but when I went to, I wasn't planning to, but when I went to do the Dinny Stones there in a place in in in, in the Highlands near the Cairngorm or in the Cairngorms te- uh, technically called Potiok. And uh, butchering my Scottish pronunciation. That's Scotland we're talking about here, friends. Yep. And very, very close by is the Inverstone. The Inverstone is one of the heaviest, probably the most famous proper lifting stone in Scotland, manhood stone, which is like the, the interesting without getting too much into it. The Inverstone basically is the grandfather of Atlas Stones. Wow. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Do you know that? I did not know yeah. that. So Amazing. the... Inverstone was taken to a Highland game or a strongman competition to be lifted. It's basically like a squashed Atlas stone, kind of like an egg-shaped, big egg-shaped stone, weighs about 120, 125 kilos. And um, they wanted to get them, they wanted to, to have this back regularly, but they couldn't bring the Inver back regularly and they wanted to have different sizes. So they made some stones called the McLashan stones. They were a series of stones right. to be loaded onto different things. And then that became the Atlas Stones. Really? Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so the Inverstone is very, very close by, about 20 minutes away. So I did the Dinnies. I thought, fuck it, I'm here. Yep. I ate a pack of cookies <laughs> for energy, drove to the to the Inverstone and lifted the Inverstone. Mad. And that kind of started my passion for natural stone and historical stone lifting. I went back just after I saw you actually in, uh, I mean, really just beginning of February 2020, really just before COVID, I filmed Stones and Strangles, which was, I was traveling around uh, Scotland doing jiu-jitsu seminars. I thought I'm, I'm going to spend five days going around to five different gyms in Scotland. Why don't I try and, hit some historical stones around nice. Scotland at the same time. Nice. And I thought this is going to be cool. I'll get my friend James over to video it and we'll try and make a little, we didn't know it was going to be a film or a 15 minute video or an hour long film. And it ended up being like eight, 15, yeah. 20 minute parts. Yeah. Uh, and we went and lifted all these stones. I did the Inver stone, the, the Fianna stone, the Braven stone, um, Sadly Mare, loads of different stuff. That could, that it, could be your nickname. What's that? that? That could be your Scottish nickname. Ravenstone. Stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't disrespect. There's a guy called uh, the Stone Man who I, who oh. I, uh, one of the episodes at the Bravenstone, um, I do with him. He's the Stone Man. His name, his name is the Stone Man, and oh, uh, wow. he definitely earns it because he throws these things around like they're made of polystyrene. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's incredible. Now, uh, the reason why I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this is I feel like. There's many people out there who uh, do different kinds of training. Yeah. And, you know, I want to give people credit for trying to do extra, Mm. you know. But also, in some ways, I'm a bit of a a snob. 
because sure. I have seen so many different modes of training since I started. Yeah. I started in the gym when I was like 11. I'm 39 now. Yeah. Like I was in the gym lifting weights at 11 years old, 12 years old. And it, it helped my life immensely. Wow. I've seen so many trends and so much bullshit. And I've also tried and tested so many different kinds of training myself. Mm. So when someone's like, oh, yeah, I've just started, you know, like doing a bit of swimming. Oh, I'm doing a bit of Pilates for my jiu-jitsu. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I don't say that. That's what I think. <laughs> but I'm just like, you're a fucking idiot. You want to come roll against me? I've just been lifting 120 kilo <laughs> Atlas stones, sandbags, farmers walk, carry 90 kilos each hand. Yeah. I will crush you with one <laughs> hand. Like you think it doesn't matter. It fucking matters. So the reason why I, uh, <laughs> Dan's a much nicer fellow oh, than much me. nicer guy. But this is just my mentality because I have also been on the receiving end yeah. of having a much bigger, stronger person, like physically kind of hurt me, crush yeah. me, break, crack my ribs, gouge my eyes. I don't want to be there. I, I don't want to be at the mercy of a, a, a a bigger, stronger human. So I figure I'll just be as strong as I yeah, can in yeah, my yeah. size. But yeah. I want to be stronger than an average 120 kilo, 130 kilo human. Sure. So if, if it comes to it, I can I can deal with that. I'll pick yeah, you yeah, up, yeah. mate. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. got a problem, right? Yeah. So the reason why I, I kind of harp on about this, me in particular, I mean, at Bulletproof for BJJ, we're all about longevity. Yeah. But a lots of the studies that are coming out now are saying that muscle mass yeah. and grip strength yeah. are directly correlated with longevity yeah if you've got good muscle mass and good grip strength as an older person you, you're a more capable healthy human yeah for you mate how do you think your strength journey yeah has affected your jiu-jitsu journey talk that yeah i mean it, it it's an interesting one and, and talking on the topic that you just brought up i think if you go onto my instagram you'll see loads of different exercises i very rarely post the same thing multiple times and there'll be some crazy shit on there and um, I like I like the bricks. Yeah, the, look the, the, the bricks pose because you look you look like a tradesman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it matches quite well. <laughs> yeah, 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 the denim and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got a few more of those coming up actually. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I show, I don't necessarily do very often. They're like I do the same basic stuff for the most part, and then at the end I'll do some accessory work and I like to really create a lot of variation. But I show such a broad variety of stuff because I don't actually care about someone necessarily doing the most efficient thing. I just want people to train. I just want people to train their strength. And I think that depends on like what they want to do and what they enjoy and what they have access to and what they have time for and what they care about. And you will never do anything for a long period of time with consi consistency is the key for anything in life. Correct. Yeah. And if you don't love something, you won't do it consistently with passion. Yes, sir. So if there are a lot of people who go like, oh, I, I don't want to, I do jujitsu and I don't want to do any strength training because I just don't like going to the gym and doing bench press and squats. I go, fuck it. Go uh, swing kettlebells. Try it. Go um, do some sandbags. Try it. Maybe you'll like that. Maybe you'll like doing bodyweight stuff. Maybe you'll like doing calisthenics. Maybe you'll like doing, you know, gymnastics. Mm. Maybe you'll like, maybe you like swimming. And if swimming is the only thing you like, fuck it. Go swim. It's better than nothing. Oh, yeah, you know of course. I mean? But I think better than nothing is a terrible qualification. I it's like somebody going, look, well, you know, I, I, I don't. Yes and no. Ex yes and no. Look, look. Okay, please. I, and I'll tell you why. Because if... Because yes, uh, better than nothing is a practical term. It's like it's, it, it applies to real life scenarios that some people are going through. Not everyone wants to be 
uh, a competitive high-level grappler. Sure. I think if you want to be a high-level grappler, if you want to be a professional, then you do things that you don't like in order because you've got to suffer. You've got to sacrifice. You do. Right? But most people, 90% of people who train jiu-jitsu, 95%, maybe more, are hobbyists. Sure. Where if they can just bring in some form of physical training accessory to their jiu-jitsu, it can balance out some of the overuse injuries that you can get from jiu-jitsu. And any form that they will do, it's the same with nutrition. If you're a professional athlete, this is what you have to eat. And there is no way of getting around it. You've got to stick on this strict nutritional plan, whatever. But if you're a hobbyist or if you're someone who isn't taking it you know, who doesn't want to be the next ADCC champion, do you know what the best diet is? The one that you stick to, right? That's the best diet. No, because some people's diets are McDonald's and that's solely, that's all they eat. That's how's that, but reason that. Yeah, because if, I mean, obviously that's, that's not exactly what I mean, but if you give someone a diet that is the perfect diet, but there's no way that they're complying with that, and they're just going to go back to eating shit. Yeah, of course. It's not a good diet. Of course. So the best diet is let's find the best habit or the best nutritional plan that you are happy enough to stick with. You've got to find this balance. and Or just be a different person and be better. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, or, or change your life that's and, the reality. and stop being a bane on society. Yeah, maybe. No, but no, like, no, no. no you're right. I think. But like, I, I, I've been exactly where you are now. Like I've been to that that place and I've been like, well, you're just a bitch. Like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna lift weights, you're not gonna eat properly. Well, then you're just a bitch. And then like you go like, yeah, but that's okay. You know what? Fuck it. You're 45 years old. You got two kids. You get jujitsu twice a day on the mat, and you want to do some working out in your fucking garden twice a week. Is it the best thing to do? If you are you gonna be ADCC champion with that? No. Is it better than nothing? Yes. Should you do it? 100%. Of course. But I feel that the point is moot. Better than nothing is rubbish. Like better than <laughs> nothing is like, well, I tied my laces on my shoes so I didn't trip over in my shoes. That's oh, good. Congratulations. <laughs> You're a grown fucking man. What the fuck is wrong with you? You need to fucking expect better yourself. My problem with the society today, Dan, is <laughs> expectations have been lowered. And maybe. I, I understand. But maybe those expectations are just realistic. But what's realistic? Real deal, realistic is got a society in a downward spiral right now. You, look, look, I, I think even though we have all these fitness trackers and we have yeah. all this stuff, culturally, we are the fattest and, you, and least fit we've ever been in collectively as a society. But, but, but I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you why this is better than nothing. Because it's the, it's the first step through the door, right? So you have someone who eats McDonald's every day for lunch and they don't exercise at all. If they just switch out McDonald's for chicken and rice and they work out with kettlebells for 10 minutes twice a week, is that the best thing? No, but it's better than nothing and it's their foot in the door. Sure. And then they go, man, I feel a bit better now. I, I enjoy this. Or like, it may be anything like, go play football with your kid in the park sure. twice a week. It like, is it going to make you better at jiu-jitsu? Is it going to make you a, a, is it going to be able to, you know, fight a bear or whatever? No, definitely not. <laughs> but <laughs> it's better than nothing. And, and better than nothing is, I think these small steps for some people is what they need. Like sure. you can't, if, if you go with a, an all or nothing approach, because that's the difference. There, there are two 
there are two kind of philosophies on this. It's all or nothing or a better than nothing. I actually don't think this is true. Really? I think there's a counterpoint to this. Okay. I think there's a middle way. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you in so far that having been a personal trainer for 20 years yeah. in my career, yeah. that if you want change in the general population, it has to be very moderate. Yes. Because these people are not... That's essentially what I'm saying. They're yeah. not prepared to make big changes. Yeah. So the only way you get change is through increments. Right? Yeah. I get that. And I understand, like we we're saying about consistency and long-term change. I get Much that. more important than anything else. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But we're talking about people who do jujitsu. That's what we're talking about right now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. More than societal. Yeah, change. yeah, yeah. Sure. So I might have I might have bridges too far out. Yeah, yeah. If we come back, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is possibly one of the most physically demanding things you can do. Yep. And we have detrained people getting in and being like. Oh look, I'm not prepared to touch my toes, but I'll try a beer and bolo. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, I've seen, that's a very yeah. I can invert. It's like well, I think it's within the fine print of jujitsu that no one says, oh, you know what? Look, in your first year, you're probably going to get a bit of an injury, a yeah. niggle, yeah. and that niggle will play out, uh-huh. and then maybe within three years, you're going to have a surgery level injury. Yeah. And by the time you've reached kind of purple or brown belt, you've probably had two surgeries <laughs> and a lot of time off the mat. And then, you know what? You probably get retired in your brown belt before you get that black belt because the injury you've had is so bad, you can't play with your kids. Yeah. I'm not fucking around, Dan. People are doing jujitsu and it's fucking up their bodies. Yeah. So if you don't read the subtext, and this is the subtext, sure. it will break you. You better reinforce yourself. But I don't like to lift weights. Well, you better not do jujitsu. This is my own personal stance. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, I'm I mean, not saying this because I feel, I'm not, in no way am I yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, no, no, I mean, conflate I, you in what I'm no, saying. No, no, you know? no, no, no. I, I, I think I can definitely see where you're coming from. I think it's an interesting topic. I think it's very individual to the person. It's very, you know, there are some people who will train jujitsu for 10 years, twice a week, hobbyists who will never do any training outside of jujitsu and will actually never pick up any injuries. No, like I know, uh, I don't no, know if you can do jujitsu and not get injured. You can do jujitsu if, if your intensity is low. Like uh, a big part of injuries, I think, is genetic. What? Hundred percent. You've never had a big person stack you and sprawl on your spine. Yeah, of course. I mean that that, that can <laughs> overcome some genetics, but I think a big a big part like susceptibility to injuries is a very individual thing, and different types of injuries. Hundred percent. I know people who've had fifteen knee surgeries. I've had, I, I've never had any knee surgeries. I used to have really bad problems with my knees, but never any, ne- never anything torn. I started wearing knee pads, got no knee injuries. You know, start doing some more work on your TBRs. You don't get, you know, stuff like this. Um, I think genetics is a big factor. I think playing sport as a kid is an even bigger factor. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people who I know who are athletic as youngsters, when your body is much more adaptable, um, are seem to be almost bulletproof. Age is a big factor. Training intensity is a big factor. Weight's a big factor where you're training, who you're training with, what you want to do. If you're a competitive grappler who is training five or six times a week and you train, if you train twice a day, five days a week, you'll get injured. Yes. You, it's unavoidable. Guaranteed. You will get injured. Yep. Um, but if you're training twice a week for fun, um, I know lots of people who train really long term who don't seem to be athletic in any way, shape or form, do no training outside of it, but don't get injured. I mean, it just happens. So I think my advice to people is do some, you know, and that's what it kind of goes back to the grip stuff. Um, and I mean, I talk about health and, and, and stuff when I did in the sandbag instruction as well, which is like sandbag lifting has helped my back more than anything because yeah, of amazing. strengthening it in that slightly flexed position. But that big point, a big lesson for the grip instruction always like if you want to keep your fingers, thumbs, wrists, elbows healthy, then do some form of, of training and just do it in a way that works 
again, compliance is the most important thing. If I give you the greatest script program in the history of mankind, but you don't want to do it and you end up not doing it, it's going to be worth nothing. Sure. So you've got to find that balance between basically the best program. I know this is the difference between you and me. The best program in the world is irrelevant if the person doesn't do it. A mediocre program is better than the best program if the person does that mediocre program consistently. Now, your idea is fuck that person, make them do the best program. No, no, no. And this it's is, not always this possible. Is not, to do it's it. not the same. Yeah. I don't think the program matters. This is, this is where you. When I say program, I just mean like no, what they're doing, whether I, it's like. I feel li- like this is where. I, I okay. understand what you're saying is, yeah. is nuanced, but this is possibly where you, you're misinterpreting me. Okay. What I would say is if the first exercise you were ever shown is a bench press. Yeah. Okay, you're going to think bench press is great. Actually, bench press is, you know, it was popularized, but it's not actually a great lift. If the first move you ever shown was a deadlift, then you go, oh, this is great. Or the first move you ever shown was a, a kettlebell swing, then maybe you think that's great, right? It's, it's what's popular in the culture. Okay. And, and what I'm trying to get back to is what's popular in the culture is Pilates, group fitness, like whatever gets popular people do. Right, and so let's use CrossFit as an example. Yeah, CrossFit got really popular. Yeah, and I guess what I am thankful for is this repopularized Olympic lifting. Yeah. So there's lots of people asking about Olympic lifts. Do you like ne- Olymp- Do you like Olympic lifts? I, I don't. Me yeah. for jujitsu, not particularly. But I still like Olympic lifts better than I like swimming. Yeah, but I mean but it's hard to compare lifting to swimming, right? Right, but I'm do saying. You, do you not like swimming? Uh, no, not swimming's at all. fucking great. I think swimming is like. No, no, I'm not, awesome. I'm not saying. Yeah, that's all right. Don't sell me down. Sorry, I've I've got my conclusion. <laughs> Swimming's it's a, great. Sw- sw- swimming it can be fun, and being in water is good for your body. I'm not saying like there's not health it's benefits. It's good for cardio. It's good no, movement. But, but it's so super. Specific. It's super low injury. You're, you're horizontal, floating in cooled or warmed water. It is so specific. It has no crossover to anything. Yeah, but like just movement wise, and no? I have no interest in it. Really, well, we live on we live in gravity, don't we? Yeah, I know, but so if you that can be a problem sometimes. Uh, yeah, agreed. Swim, swim, swimming is super low, uh, super low injury risk. Yeah, if you got therapy, that's fine. But life, I'm not talking about minimizing. You don't think yet. that swimming's good for cardio? No, really. Sp- cardio is specific, Dan. So good for well, what? Cardio, part of cardio is specific, part no. of it isn't. Increasing no. like VO2 max or yeah, but but okay, think about the context. You're floating in cooled water. You're horizontal. Yeah, like. Uh, you also. I mean, you're horizontal a lot of the time in jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah, but you, but you're prone. You you've increased your barometric pressure, so your your vascular returns higher. Uh-huh. Like swimming is so specific. It's like saying, oh, standing on a football improves your balance. No, it doesn't. Like standing on the. I ground, love standing on a football. Yeah, I know, but I'm not trying to spoil your fun. <laughs> you're, a, you're a fun guy, Dan. I'm not about fun. I'm not. You, we've we've got confusion here. Maybe that is maybe that is the confusion. I think that fun, and I think that maybe essentially is what. Is Your, what the disconnect the is? Difference. Is it like, I think fun is important. I, I, I think... I think that... Function and effectiveness is important. I think that fun um, is... Life is not fun, Dan. But this is it. This <laughs> is it. Like, I think... Yeah, no, no, no. I think fun is actually... An, or enjoyment is where you take that functionality and that logic and you connect it with a human. Sure. That's where you need some adhesive to connect those two things together. And there needs to be, I mean, it can be different things. It could be passion. It could be, um, you know, emotional investment in something. And fun is another one of those things that can create that connection between what is functional and what that human actually wants to be doing. So I think fun's really important. I, I believe that enjoyment in life is key. 
I'm not saying that we shouldn't enjoy our lives. Definitely. The thing that I dislike or the thing that I, I don't appreciate about contemporary culture is we have our enjoyment and dopamine receptors sure. leveraged against us. Uh-huh. So, so much of what we see as fun is really manipulation to get us to do certain behaviors for consumer benefit of someone else. Yeah. So much of what is good for us is not enjoyable. Yes. Delayed satisfaction yeah. and seeking adversity is what is good for us. And it's like asking a little kid, what do you want to do? Oh, fuck what you want to do. You're three years old. You need to eat your vegetables. Sure. Most humans walking around are three-year-olds. Most humans, you walk around and ask them, what are your principles? How deeply have you researched this? Like, where is this coming from? You are being told what to think. And I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Literally, people wouldn't know what the fuck they wanted if you asked them. Yeah. And this comes from a core misunderstanding of life from a philosophical perspective. I'm not talking about weights. I'm not talking about Pilates. Mm. I'm talking about what is your philosophical view on life? And really how fun something is comes down to how you view yourself and the world. Even if we can say the self is a thing. Oh, yep. we're getting deep now. Yep. So what I'm saying there is you could look at any given thing and find it fun or valuable based on how you look at life. Yeah, the context, yeah. And so if you have a particular philosophical or ethical or you know what I'm saying? And yeah, so I, this is I, where it stops I'm, being about swimming. Sure. It stops being about jujitsu. But I think I think that it's a balance. I do think it's a balance. And I, I, I totally get what you're saying, which is like not everything that you do in life should be fun. Correct. Like I eat really, really clean. That isn't fun sometimes. What would you prefer, Dan? Tell us. What do you oh, what I'd would l- you like to I'd eat? love to eat ice cream all day. <laughs> Fucking love ice cream. Yeah, I love ice cream. I'd love to eat ice cream all day, and I basically never ever eat ice cream. Yeah, true. But but there's a balance. I think for everyone it's individual. Um, but fun should be a fact. It shouldn't be the primary basis for everything that you do. That's hedonistic, right? Sure. And hedonism is not going to get you very far um, athletically or anything in, in life. any reg- yeah. in, in life. But I think that if you take everything out and you get something that is devoid of all pleasure and of all course. fun, then you sacrifice everything. And at the end, you go, "Fuck! Why did I do all of that?" Yeah. You know? Of course. So I think. It's a really interesting topic. Uh, and I, th- I mainly love, I do a lot of podcasts and no one ever disagrees with you on a podcast. And I love that we've had a disagreement, even though we both kind of come from the same Well, look, we're, we're both, I no, think I love we're it. both I love very it. I love strong-willed it. humans. Yeah, I, and you are probably and there's a, there's a, a happier, more content human. This is where <laughs> Joey and I differ. It's good. It's like having Joey <laughs> on the other side, but like a smarter version of Joey. Um, but the thing is like, for me... I, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. I, I yeah. guess I for such a long time, I've tried to use like placate people, yeah. make people happy, yeah, yeah, yeah. do all these things to really just get them to do something in the name of their own uh, personal interest. Yeah. And I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. spent I, 20 I, I years, do I'm not going to keep there, doing there, it. There is a balance. Sometimes you've got to do some shit that you don't like. Of course. And for everyone, it's going to be individual. But I think that's the problem that it is so individual that um, it's hard to make overarching yeah. comments that are going to be, you know, about everyone. No, come on. Come on, Dan. Let me make some broad <laughs> sweeping comments. I'm not Dave Goggins. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, but I feel like life is suffering. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of is, but jujitsu <laughs> is suffering, right? Like often people I meet who are high level in jujitsu, they're kind of masochistic. Yeah. Like the suffering, people have their reward centers on, oh, I've got to, you know, that feeling of brutally hard training. Yeah. There is a degree of satisfaction you can get from that. Yeah. But that's, but you're, again, you're talking about high level. When like, hey, I know some average people who are masochists. Yeah, absolutely. So do I. But like your, your gem pop jujitsu practitioners aren't going to be like that. 
I think if you've got to stick at it for years, you've you've got to be into the process of. You've got to you've got to be you've got to be okay with um, the grind, and you've got to be okay with like getting your ass kicked and like having some shit days and like the 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 nastiness involved and the but not that's, having but that's fun. Conditioning, but right? Like that. that yeah, it's comes mental. Over it's time. mental conditioning. Yeah, it does come over time. I just think that as someone who tries to you know the content that i put out and like when you're trying to inspire people to do stuff and you're trying to spread the word of jiu-jitsu like my target demographic is not elite level guys even though i'm sure there's a lot of stuff that i put out that elite level guys could take that's not who i'm aiming towards of course i'm aiming towards um you know mid to lower level guys they gotta learn look if you don't enjoy hardship then jiu-jitsu ain't gonna be for you of course because you you cannot jiu-jitsu is fun oh yeah and it's important that you find it fun. But jiu-jitsu is not all fun. No. For anyone ever. No. Like, if you want something that's all fun, jiu-jitsu is not hedonistic in any way, shape, or no, form. it's suffering. It's yeah. pain and it's suffering and it's horrible in a lot of the time. So th- I think that already weeds out the majority a of A lot people. of people, yeah. yeah. Well, I look, I, I think, because I, I, I want to change tack here because to be honest, like I think people can learn a lot uh, from you. And, Thank and, you. And people who are listening to this podcast have already he- heard me rant about various <laughs> things. They so don't need to hear any more of that. I but just like the thing that every podcast ends with you like, these fucking motherfuckers just need to fucking suffer. No, but it's, <laughs> the, the thing for me is it's more that it's the misunderstanding that sure. people are like, oh, I just want to do jujitsu. Well, it's like, no, even I though no one told yeah. you this, it's almost like p- permission yeah. because it, I, I feel that. I, I've had some injuries. Yeah. And out of 15 years of jujitsu, I might have lost two and a half years to injury. Yeah. Just on the couch. Yeah. Uh, knee on ice, cracked ribs, yeah, yeah, yeah. herniated this, all that. Yeah. I don't want people to suffer that. Yeah. And so it's almost like your, your older brother trying to give you some advice. You know what? And, and that's an interesting topic because it's hard to do that. Yeah. It's hard to, there, there's like two, there's, I think it's in Japanese, there's two different types of learning. And I can't remember the names. I really need to learn it, but it's like, learning that you've learned some from someone else and learning that you've learned from experience and one of them is so much deeper than the other one oh and and then once you learn that thing from experience you want to stop other people having to go through the same hardship but they don't appreciate it at all because they haven't learned from experience That's right. so it's like this this paradox where like don't do this don't do this and they're like fuck it i'm gonna do it and they do it and they go oh shit i wish i didn't do that and they tell the next person don't do this that you know so yeah it's an interesting uh it's an interesting thing with that sometimes you've got to let you give people the advice it's up to them whether they take it and if they don't take it then fuck it that was their decision you got to go there to come back but yeah if we look at other fields fields of learning yeah so let's separate the athleticism all that smart people don't just learn from their own experience they learn from the experience of others. Yeah. And incredibly smart people learn from imagined experience, like, you know, for, forward casting and like uh, pre-mortem. And yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the smartest people in the world, like not just, they're not just trying to grapple with someone. They're trying to, like Elon Musk, they're trying to go to outer space and do something. Yeah. They're operating on a level of thinking that is far beyond just, can I learn from my own experience? Yeah. If you can't learn from your own experience, then you, you're in trouble, right? Yeah. But the, the thing I actually wanted to change tack on is, I want to talk about some fun stuff in jiu-jitsu. Okay, yeah. Because you have a view into the world of jiu-jitsu, MMA. I mean, you are, you are basically, a, you are a jiu-jitsu celebrity. Oh, well, so, I mean, it's a very niche little sport, but I thank you very much. Mate. Mate, it's not going to be niche. In five years, it's going to be 100 million people. So That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be amazing. It'd be awesome, yeah. And, and so with that, you have, I guess, access to so many different people in jiu-jitsu, right? You've met 
so many people. I'd love to just get your take on modern jiu-jitsu in a way. Like if you think about the rise of no-gi, leg locks, the ADCC, because I'm actually on my way to be at... Are you going over there? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be in Vegas. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but yeah. Yeah, it Um, should be a big show. Oh, yeah, it'll be huge. Talk talk to me, because you are also around the world of MMA. Yeah. And I was hoping to touch on that a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, definitely in grappling. I mean, between... I've been lucky enough to um, compete in some really big tournaments, EBI, Quintet... ADCC, um, uh, Polaris is obviously commentate for Polaris, and um, yeah, for MMA, I've been do, I've been I've been working for Cage Warriors. I mean, obviously, there's a, that overlap between Jiu-Jitsu and MMA anyway, uh, but I've been working with uh, Cage Warriors for the last couple of years now. Um, so I guess that's more local MMA stuff. Uh, not really, I haven't really done much in the in the way of international MMA stuff. I'm not really in that world yet. But yeah, but he's on the path UFC. Yeah, come get this guy. He loves I mean, your dr- Dan Strauss. <laughs> loves your drug testing. He rates it. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been lucky. And then with the podcast, I've been, I've been really fortunate to kind of leverage some of that uh, that 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 you know insider ability to be able to talk to some really cool people and you know all, all uh, in person as well, um, which is obviously much harder to do, which is why the volume isn't there a lot of the time. Uh, but do you only do in person? I only do in person. That's I great. Done, I haven't done a single, but it also means that I'll go six months without doing a podcast. Sometimes, True. you know. So there's the your, li- your poor listeners. They're just hanging out. I mate. know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. So basically, I had a studio before COVID, and I got rid of it. So it's all mobile now. It's just a bit of a pain in the ass. But I am. I am gonna. I'm gonna start pumping out some episodes soon. I promise. But yeah, it's sorry. What was the question we were just talking about? We well, mate, I, I wanted to probably tap into the fact that you, you've met so many people in jujitsu and MMA. Yeah. Have you had any unique learnings? Funny experiences? You know, like was there a time that I mean, Kurt Dan Os- Hardy? Kurt Osiander like, was a Kurt Osiander was a pretty um, interesting. He's a far out character, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I was blamed for his uh, stint in rehabs. You know, even though it was obviously nothing to do with me. Obviously, like he he. What? Okay, contextualize <laughs> that. I did a podcast with him that I uh, organized through someone that I knew who was organizing a seminar with him. I was put in contact with his manager and we organized him to do a podcast. It was like a super hot day, maybe like 2017 or 18. And um, I went and picked him up from a pub like midday on a Tuesday and brought him to the studio. He like took a glass like as big as we've got here, like a big glass, filled it to the absolute brim with whiskey. Whoa. (laughs) Stuck his... Stuck his, uh, his his sticker on the side and was like, took his top off and was like, okay, let's go. And we did this podcast. It was really funny. I mean, the guy's yeah. hilarious, man. I love Kurt so much. Uh, but he was he was just throwing back the booze. But that's Kurt, you know. That's yeah, like that's, what he does. That's his style, yeah. And um, he yeah he he got drunk as you'd expect, and uh, and then he actually came he came with. I was going to put him in a cab home. And I said, you know, that we're around the corner. We can go and drop in. And I was teaching a class. You know, I can't come with you. He wanted me to go out with them. I was like, I can't come with you, but do you want to come and, ch- you know, check the class out? So he, like, came in there and, uh, you know, people were walking in like, what the fuck? I see Anders right here. And then about an hour in, he's like, man, do you want me to teach some techniques? I'm like, hell yeah, you can teach some techniques. He climbs <laughs> over the barrier. He's like, shorts. He's got his chains on, bare chested, 
Man, showing some crazy techniques just like Kurt. You filmed the technique of the week at the gym as well, me. Wow. So that was cool, man. But then afterwards, um, maybe like six months later or whatever, maybe a little bit longer, he, he ended up in rehab for, Dang. yeah, he's, he, you know, he was he was a big drinker. So it, it wasn't a crazy surprise, but he's a crazy guy. You know, he he'd is, be the first to admit very far out. Uh, and then someone on YouTube was just like, yeah, that, that guy did a podcast where he was plowing him with whiskey. I was like, you think I was plowing him with whiskey? <laughs> he brought his own bottle of whiskey. Uh-huh. Nothing to do with it's me. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Kurt was an interesting fella, and uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that to get to see him again, and hopefully get out there and see him again. But yeah, he seems to be doing better these days. Uh, Kurt was good. Who else have I? Who else have I seen? I mean, any really juicy stories? I can't be just dropping in public. Well, no, it's okay because the thing is, you don't necessarily have to name somebody. It's more <laughs> okay, just that yeah. like we get insights or we get experiences <laughs> from you know you bump into someone famous, and maybe it could be the wrong thing to do or the right thing to do. But I guess it's just more. Looking at the world of jiu-jitsu through your lens, I don't know at what point in culture this occurred. Yeah. But if we throw back, probably more to MMA, but martial arts, and I'm not saying this in any kind of yeah, yeah. Puritan way, there was a point in time where being a good person was promoted. Yes. And then we had Conor McGregor. Yeah. And we also had Ronda Rousey. And it was almost like the, the glorification of the douchebag. Yeah. And it was, the, and don't get me wrong, yeah. I understand having good chat. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. new. Muhammad Ali really perfected the, yeah, 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 the yeah, smack yeah. talk, right? Yeah. But it was almost beyond that. It was theatrical. It was like WWE level yeah. type chat. But then somehow, uh, AJ Agazam, yeah, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this started coming in, like Chael Sonnen, right? Yeah. So, and Chael's like coming into jujitsu. Coming into jujitsu. And yeah, it was mainly age. I mean, Gordon. But 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 Gordon took a lot of shit. Gordon before. didn't start talking shit. He started out as a quiet before he won EBI. When he was doing all of his, uh, he was doing loads of challenge matches. Yeah, he would talk a lot of shit. Yeah, but before that, before he broke, did out, you ever see the story that I wrote about him? No, I didn't. <laughs> talk that. <laughs> he, uh, I fought in EBI. I'm happy to slag off Gordon Ryan any day. Everybody <laughs> was, knows he's was, my no, hot I'm topic. Him up. I, I, <laughs> I might find. I'll give it to you to read another time. It's like a cool. long. Basically, I fought EBI nine, I think. Yeah. Um, and he was originally meant to do it, and then he maybe got injured or something, pulled out, and Gary did it and won. Yeah, I and remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I lost on that fucking EBI overtime. I like smashed the guy for ten minutes and then gassed, Damn. and he just like took my back and held it. Um. But anyway, in the pre-fight thing, it was at the time where like Gordon was big on the money and all of that stuff. And they were asking me about EBI. And I was like, look, it's not about the money. It's about winning EBI. It's like a massive thing. Yeah. And then like months later, like two or three months later, maybe longer, Gordon puts a status out, which is like, uh, it's not about the money, despite what Gordon Ryan says in like speech marks, quoting me, Daniel Strauss, someone who's never going to win EBI. And I, th- I found it really, really funny. I don't take anything very seriously at all. Um, I thought and it was I really took that as a personal attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought, like, I read it. I was like, wow, this is like, this is like months and months after this. What a random thing Where to do. Like, 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 I've got no problem with it. I find it quite funny, but th- it's just so random. So I thought, I created a story. So I just sat down. I was just inspired. And yeah. I sat down and I just started to type and the words just, just poured out poured at me <laughs> of this tale of Gordon Ryan and, and why he would call me, like, why would he talk shit for no reason? Yeah. And, uh, oh man, you'll just, you'll just have to, you're, I mean. I will have to read it. Yeah, it's, I, it's too long for me to read on here, I think. But if, I, if you type in Gordon Ryan, Daniel Strauss it's on there. Google, I think there's a UK, I think there's a BJJ EU 
Uh, yeah, it's called A Day in the Life. <laughs> N- nice. <laughs> it's like this, it's this really long, epic, long, epic story <laughs> about, about Gordon Ryan. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Look, I the thing for me is like, either way, like I, I like to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I think you can learn from someone's grappling. Oh, yeah. Even definitely. if they're not a good person, you can go, that's great jujitsu. Yes. But, but the thing that uh, uh, surprises me is just like, you've got. Gordon Ryan slapping Andre Galvan, yeah. and it's like, what? Why is this happening? Like, yeah. what, what? What's this about? Because is this just for publicity, or no, does I Gordon Ryan si- actually want to fight? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those yeah. things where I'm like, most jujitsu guys are not necessarily MMA guys, and most MMA guys are not going to scuffle or punch on unless they fully intend. I'm going to yeah. try and knock this fellow out, you know, because it actually doesn't. It doesn't help as much as they have spits and spats like you have like Cormier and um, Bones, like yeah. John Bones Jones. W- the reason what I'm asking here is because yeah. you 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 are in the world of MMA. Sure. You, you see only that? just only local yeah, yeah. MMA. Local but you, MMA. But yeah. hey, everyone's super hey, chill. Look, when, super when chill they bring you in to replace uh, to replace uh, Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Better start pumping those podcast the, episodes out. <laughs> the new the new voice of uh, the UFC. <laughs> Uh, with the I London don't think film. they'll ever do... So, uh, you know, talking about Insider, they don't like um, uh, English people. Really? Not English people. They, I don't think they'll have a... Um, Is that just because the Brits and Well, the, like they do. The so Americans. they have like, obviously they had Dan, they had Bisbing, uh, they've got John Gooden, but, but I don't think they'll have their A-team. I don't think they'll have a British accent on it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe Bisping Bisping will uh will will will, will clear because a path they for us. do they do like him in the organisation. Yeah, he's great in the organisation. He's a good commentator. Yeah. 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 For yeah. sure. Um. No. The reason why I ask is, it's just to try and get that understanding in this because I actually yeah. have no no real insight. I just kind of view third party. Yeah. Like, oh wow, all these people are dickheads, and everyone seems to pay attention to them. All these people are very nice, and no one's paying attention to them. Is it just pure sensationalism? Yeah. And now that's in jujitsu. So. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, uh, I mean, bad news sells, right? Yes. That's like newspapers have been going off of that for ages, especially recently. Like, if 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 the if the headline was uh, "Adorable Puppies Born," no one gives a fuck. Sure. But if it's like uh, "Adorable Puppies Murdered by Crazed Masked Man," you'd be like, "What the fuck?" And you'd read on, right? Uh, yes, maybe. Well, Someone no, else but like, yeah, yeah, like you yeah, would, you'd be like, "Holy shit, that's fucking crazy!" Yeah, I think like people get there's, it's the it's the hacking of um, of human psychology, which is you want to know what the beef is. You don't want to. You actually want to know. Let's say um, Dan Strauss and JT, um, great friends. <laughs> They want to go Dan Strauss beefing with JT. Oh, why? Exactly. What's going on? Exactly. Yeah. So I think a lot of that is is natural human nature where you're more intrigued by negativity and beef and call outs and people starting shit. Because I guess, you know, uh, we're incredibly social creatures. Yes. Um, and you've got to know what the crack is with your tribe, right? Sure. So if... You know, we're, we're, we're programmed to want to know where everyone's social standing is. Sure. So when there's a, a dispute that could change people's social standing, you are paying very close attention to it. Yeah. Right? But when there's one that isn't really going to be doing much when it's all amicable, that's like when people get together, you're less interested than when people break up. Right? Why'd you yeah. break up? Sure. You don't go... Do you, you, like, yeah, yeah. They, they go, why'd you get together? Why'd you break up? 
right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, like sure. it's almost this gossip thing that we you don't want to want it, but you do naturally. It's, it's want in it. there. It's in the subtext. So I yeah. think I think that's the problem. But I I think the way that you combat that is. But I'm saying you get a guy like George St Pierre, right? Yeah. And then you get a guy like Conor McGregor, right? Now, obviously, two very different humans, but you know, one is considered to be the goat, and now one is falling off and is kind of getting it, but still getting paid more money than anyone. And I mean, I mean, I guess Con- Conor Rose Con- Rose Nama Yunus, yeah, Conor, Conor amazing, and then yeah. you've got. You know, like Connor, Connor's a bad example because he is a real exception in the world of MMA because he's such a big celebrity and he just like everything just hit perfect for him. Um, but maybe you know, talking about it, it might be like the bad guy has a that that light shines brighter for less time. And actually, if you're a good guy, your standing will last a long time, like GSP. And if you're mm-hmm. Conor McGregor, you like have this huge meteoric rise. But now, sure. like his approval rating, if you were going by it, quote unquote, GSP is going to be higher than Conor McGregor. Of course, even though more people are going to know who Conor is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting psychological thing, but I think basically, loud mouths are loud. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my take, take that away, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I think um, that that is we might we might call that uh, a good point to put a pin. So in we, it. you said beforehand you like your podcast to be forty five minutes. How long was this one? We're at two oh five. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to break this into two parts. If, okay, if that's yeah, all right cool. with you, we'll you do, do it. If you want, no, we'll do we we'll do a part one. Yeah, and then we'll do a part two where you and I I find a way to disagree with Jeff, <laughs> the most agreeable man available, and I'm able to disagree <laughs> with him. We could probably talk for another five hours and not. Get really oh, 100%, get yeah. deep enough. I am such a firm believer in what jujitsu can do for people in a positive way. Yeah, in terms of community. Yes, everything like it can just change people's lives. Yeah, and that's why I love it. Yeah, and um, and part of the reason why I've built my life around jujitsu mm. is n- not because I am, I'm trying to be the best. At, there, I had a time in my life where I want to be the best. Yeah, and then there was a point in my life where I'm like actually. I enjoy my life when I do more creative things. Yeah. I hear this podcast. Yeah. And, um, but the thing is, what I love seeing is the transformation that occurs in people when they come to jujitsu. Mm. There's the initial reaction to it, which is like, oh, fuck, this is so terrible. And then they accept mm. the squash, they accept the difficulty, and then they become different. And I find that my closest friends, it's not always jujitsu, sometimes it's just martial arts or it could be lifting or whatever. Mm. People who accept the challenge and the difficulty, they're, they're better people. Yeah. They're cooler people. They're, when things get hard, they don't, they're like, oh, it's not that hard. Yeah. You know, they, they, they have a different calibration to people who don't willfully suffer. Yeah. You know, it's not in their, you know, it's not in their wheelhouse to suffer. And I find that those people who have that gear, they're the people who I associate with best. They're my closest friends. They're the people I actually respect the most. Mm. And they don't have to do jujitsu. They might mm. be an ultramarathon runner or something. But w- what I wanted to say is like um, I've learned a lot from everyone I've met. And I've definitely learned plenty from you, Dan. So what, uh, what I like to do usually uh, in any interview is just say like is there any uh, advice or if, is there something – it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be yeah. a couple of things that you would – Give to somebody who's early in the jujitsu journey, yeah. early in the strength journey. What is the what was the best advice you could give them? Yeah, I think um, I usually do that in my podcast as well. Um, I mean, there's a lot to think of, isn't there? I'd say a good one 
is because consistency is so important. I think there's a, the quote, which is people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five years or whatever, or overestimate what they can do in six months and un- underestimate what they can do in five years. Uh, and that's true of jujitsu. Uh, it's true of lifting. With both of these things, the, the, the learning curve can changes. Sometimes like in lifting, you'll increase strength and size really quickly and then it will plateau and then you'll have to work harder to get, you know, your diminishing returns. But consistency is still key. Jiu-jitsu can be weird in how you improve. Sometimes you see no improvement for a year and then suddenly something clicks. Sometimes you get big improvements early on and then you feel like you're going backwards. And it's all about consistency. Everything is about consistency. There's nothing that you can do. Very simply put, everything takes time because if it didn't, everyone would already have it. And if everyone already had it, then what would be the point of even bothering? So embrace the long play. And that's always what I've been pretty good at is not being in a rush and like, it's a, it, whether it's lifting or whether it's jujitsu, don't look at it as something that you do. Just look at it as something that's part of you. I don't see lifting or jujitsu as something outside of my l- general lifestyle in the same way that I would eat breakfast, lunch and dinner, sleep in the evening, wake up in the morning, lift and roll. Mm-hmm. It's all just part of it. You know, it's not an exception. It's not something that you expect anything in return from even it's just something that you do and the returns will come so i think that's the most important thing above anything else is just framing what you're doing in a way that allows you to be consistent for very long periods of time and have a much bigger picture view of everything that's going on amazing obviously i will put in the show notes uh, links to all your amazing products thank you very much and possibly is it all right to maybe do a slight reveal would you talk about something you're working on possibly or no? anything but t- oh uh book yeah yeah oh, so snap. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm always happy to talk about stuff i'm working on i mean yeah it's it, it it's not going it's it's slow i don't know if you've ever have you written much mate i have i have written i've written uh, two books actually but yeah i only published one yeah uh, it is a process it's my first one and i mean i'm not really in a rush to do it but i'd actually i'd actually like quite t- like to step on it actually and I'd, I'd like to get like some finished drafts on by the end of the year uh, but yeah, basically the the instructional, I'm basically writing my Bible, so to speak, for grip training for grapplers. Amazing. So a kind of an, an expansion on the instructional. The instructor is like an hour and 15 minutes. And I'm basically just trying to use the book to really expand and nerd out on, you know, everything that I've learned through many years of being, you know, experimenting and even like putting stuff in the book that I'm fucking around with at the moment, you know, nice. like there's some cool stuff that I'm playing around with or framing things and basically being the, I want to make, I want to make a resource for anyone who is interested in grip training full stop, but specifically grip training for grapplers, a resource that anyone can go to and get benefit from. Amazing. And look, uh, as soon as that, Project I'll send you over a copy. Mate, we will be promoting the hell out of Cheers, that. Cheers, brother. I, w- I will be stealing all your secrets and <laughs> repurposing them as my own. No, 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 not at all. I, I think you, you can learn uh, re- learn from anyone. Absolutely. But especially if someone is an expert and has dedicated their life to getting good at something, Dan Strauss is one of those people. So real privilege, mate. Thank, Thank you, brother. Thank you for taking the time. My absolute pleasure. It's Thank great to see you. Thank you for having us. And very much looking forward to the next time that we can turn this into a four-hour bang. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. Always good to see you, man.